Good to be back. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 13. Book of Judges chapter 13. This morning we're going to be talking about the life of Samson. Just as I was watching that clip on the, on the, the, the screen there, we realize that there are a lot of people going through a lot of hurts and a lot of things in their lives. And, and the reality is this. One of these days, you may have an emergency, spiritually and naturally. And it's going to come down to the fact that uh, it will all boil down to the fact that do you know Jesus for yourself? 
the great thing about uh, uh, teenagers and my son's uh, getting to that place where he's turning 17 in 11th grade and we're, soon, we're starting talking about college. And one of the things I said to my son is this, in a couple of years, your life will be your own. You won't have to listen to me anymore. But the decisions you make, you must be willing to live and die by them. And I'll say the same thing to us here. Times are getting too difficult. The pressure is coming up too much for you to be wishy-washy in your faith. This is the time that you need to know your word, know what you believe in, know what you believe in, and walk in victory. Now, the great thing about what, we've, uh, uh, what Pastor's been talking about in the last couple of weeks is miracles. And miracles do happen. And so this morning or this afternoon, we want to talk about miracle power in the midst of weakness. Now, one of the things that I just want to say right off the bat is this. The life of Samson is really a good illustration of how God can use us even in the midst of our weaknesses. Even in the midst of our weaknesses. Your weakness does not disqualify you to be used by God. What you do with your weaknesses will one day. And that's why we have to deal with them. And so this morning what we're going to be talking about, we're going to, we're going to talk about a period in, in, the, in the history of Israel where the children of Israel were in this circle. They would fall into sin and then God would have to judge them and he would send judgment whether it was enemies would come and, and attack them and take over the land or they would have all kinds of things happen. And then they would get in this place where they would repent and ask God to forgive them and they would cry out and then God would forgive them and send someone to redeem them uh, through their repentance. And uh, Israel was in this circle of sin, judgment, repentance. Sin, judgment, and repentance. And they were going round and round and round and round. In the midst of all that time, God raised up judges. Samson was one of the last of the judges in the, in the book of Judges. Uh, and he, he had a tremendous power that God gave him, but he wasted it. And so as we get into the story of, of, of Samson this, more, this afternoon, one of the things I want to say is this. The things that we're going to look at, and, and the story of Samson really is in four, uh, four chapters in the book of Judges. Chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. And so we're going to skim our way through to chapter 16 uh, this afternoon. And we're going to see, and one of the things I want you to find out, uh, look at this morning, or this afternoon, you guys mix me up, man, this afternoon, uh, is that even in his weaknesses, you can see the power of God working in his life. And so in each chapter, we're going to identify his weakness. And in each chapter, we're going to identify the miracle power of God. So, and the reason why we're doing this this morning is this. There is nothing and no place you have fallen to that God cannot pick you up and restore you to a place that he can use you in the kingdom. Do you understand that? So in any time when, we find it, when we're looking through this whole these four chapters and you're looking at the weaknesses of Samson, always realize that the power of God was still in function in his life. Still allowing him to do things for the kingdom of God. But there comes a time where we have to deal with our weaknesses. Otherwise, the weakness will swallow up the power of God in our lives and will become useless in the kingdom. And so as we go in, into the story of Samson, we start off in uh, math, uh, Judges chapter 13. Let's begin, open up at Judges chapter 13 and let's begin uh, at verse 1. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now there was a man from Zoroth of the family of Dantin, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. Manoah is the, is the father of Samson. 
And the problem in, in chapter 13, uh, if we'll, if we will, as we point out, the weakness in chapter 13 was that Manoah's wife was barren. She had never had a child. Never had a child. And if God had not shown up on the scene, she would have been barren for the rest of her life. What is the lesson we learn in that? The lesson we learn in that is this. No matter how impossible you think your life situation may be, when God speaks a word into that situation, you can be delivered, you can be set free, and you can be placed back on the path of God. No matter what it is. It doesn't matter. No, so, so what we seem to be impossible to God, it just takes a moment of time and a word from the lips of the, of the Father that can bring life into where there's deadness. So never, don't ever look at your situation and say, God, this is way too big for you. Because I believe there are times and there are ways that God can set us free that will be, that there are ways that he can set us free that we, can, we have not yet even imagined because he's a supernatural God. But the weakness in this situation was that Manoah's wife was barren and couldn't have a child. So the miracle power in chapter 13 is that Samson was even born. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Let's, get, pick, let's pick it up at uh, chapter 13. Look at verse 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now you are barren and have born, and have born no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or, or, or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. A Nazarite is a, is a person that was set aside for God who, had, who basically made three vows. They would never cut their hair. They would never eat anything unclean or touch any dead thing. And, and, and three, uh, they will always, they will always worship and, and run after God. And so the, the vow of a Nazarene was so strict and so precise that God anointed them to do specific work in the kingdom of God. And so here is in this barrenness, God moves on his mother and she's able to conceive and brings forth a son. And he knows that, and, and the parents know that something special in the life of Samson. Because by the time you get to the end of uh, uh, chapter 13, look at chapter 13 verse 24. It says, so, uh, so the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. So Samson knew his life was special. Samson knew he had been gifted by God with a special ability of strength and might. But like anybody else who falls away from God, or like anybody else who starts to walk in pride, Samson started to forget who gave him his gift. Let me just say this. Just because someone is gifted doesn't mean they're mature. The Bible says you don't judge a person by their gifts. You judge a person by their, their fruits. So here is Samson, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of God and anointing of God, but he lacked so much in his character. So you would say, well, pastor, can God still use someone who is, has, has low character, but he seems to be doing things? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and that's what makes it great. In the midst of our weaknesses, in, a, in the midst of our weaknesses, God's plan is still being for, uh, for, uh, brought out in the world, and He will still use you as you're walking through your weaknesses. But the question will come: There will come a time that God will expect you to deal with those areas of weaknesses. Yeah. 
So in chapter 13, uh, uh, in chapter 13, by the time we get to the end of chapter 13, the power of God has come upon Samson. And, as, and by the time we go into chapter 14, uh, uh, Samson goes down to Tamar, a, 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 a Philistine town, and he sees a, a girl that he loves. He likes, he lusts after her. And so he says to his mama, mother and father, go get that girl, I want that girl. And the mother and father said, well, there's all these girls in Israel, how come you don't want to pick one of them? He said, no, no, I want her. There are, let me just say this. There are some loves in your life that you shouldn't have. Some of them can be found in Tamar. Tamar is just another expression of outside the will of God. Pastor, she's beautiful. She, her hair feels like silk. Uh, her eyelashes are, are bright. Her eyes are blue or green and pink and all kinds of things. And her skin is like milk and honey and, and all, all that thing. And, and, and oh, Pastor, uh, she, she's, she's gorgeous. The first question we're going to ask you when you come to the church, you know what's going to be the question. Is she saved? Does she know Jesus? Well, Pastor, mm, I've waited so long. He, he is so handsome, he's so strong, he's neat, he has a suit, he has a car, he has a job. <laughs> he has a job, Pastor. And, 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 and even, even, even though I know he, he's, he's from Tamar, but I just love him. There are some loves you should not have. And so Samson tells his parents, and his parents go down, and they're negotiating with their parents. And, and, and Samson wanders off into the vineyard, and while he's in the vineyard, a lion attacks him. And the Bible says, if you look uh, uh, in chapter, uh, chapter 14, uh, uh, look at chapter, uh, verse 6. Judges chapter 14, verse 6. And the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came, up, uh, came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart. Here's a guy not even following in, in, in some of the things, but the spirit of God comes upon him, and he grabs the lion by the mouth and tears the lion apart, and then takes the, the corpse of the lion and lays it down in the vineyard and goes back. He doesn't tell anybody. He doesn't tell his mother, his wife-to-be. He doesn't tell anybody. And so the, the parents negotiate, and they leave, and the day that Samson's coming back to receive his bride, he makes a path over to the vineyard, and he goes over and sees the carcass of the lion. And what has happened, a, 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 a group of bees have come in and built a, a, like a honey cocoon in, 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 the, in the corpse, and, and Samson eats some of the honey, gives it to his parents, and, and he, all of a sudden, Samson has this bachelor party, because now he's ready to get married. And at the bachelor party, he has all these Philistines there. He starts to boast and brag. Just because you're gifted does not mean you're special. It just means that God chooses to use you. But he'll use someone else. And so Samson gets up and, he, and he's about to boast and brag to the Philistines and says, I'm going to tell you a riddle. And when I tell you the riddle, I want you to answer the riddle. And if you don't answer, you owe me 30 pieces of, of clothing. But, if you, but if, you give the, if you get the riddle, I will give you 30 pieces of clothing. Look at uh, chapter 14. Uh, look at verse uh, 14. Here's the riddle. Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And so we get into chapter 14, and we, and we realize the weakness of Samson in chapter 14 is pride. He's a prideful man. He's full of pride. He's arrogant and puffed up because he thinks he's something because God is using him. Instead of just being grateful that God used him and God even allowed him to be born. 
And so he walks in his pride and he tells the, uh, 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 the Philistines this riddle and they, can't, they don't know what the riddle is. And so they come to his wife and say, look, you need to find out that riddle for us because if you don't, we'll burn you, we'll burn your parents and we'll burn down your house. And of course she's, 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 she's scared. So she goes to Samson and says, Samson, tell me the riddle. And Samson doesn't want to tell the riddle. And, so, and, she gets, and she starts to nag him over and 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 over. Nag and nag and nag and nag until he wears him down. I don't care how strong of a Christian is. You get into some places where are full of pressure. If you don't know your God, you will give in. And so she nags him all the time. And, 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 finally, and finally, Samson has to give in. And Samson tells her the, the answer to the riddle. And, and, and so the Philistines come on the last day and, tell, and they give the answer to Samson. And Samson said, if you hadn't pressured my wife, you would never have known it. But in the midst of that weakness of, of, of pride, the Spirit of God still rested upon Samson. Uh, Samson. You say, Pastor, can that happen? Can someone not being, can someone walk so far away from God that God can still use them? Yes. Because even in the midst of our weaknesses, God is trying to give us an opportunity to change. And so when we get to, uh, when we look at the, uh, towards the end of, uh, of chapter 15, the Bible still says, uh, uh, chapter 14, uh, uh, the Bible still says that the Spirit of God was upon Samson. Samson gets so upset and so upset as angry, he goes down to one of the Philistine cities. He kills 30 men, takes their clothes, and brings it back and gives it to the Philistine men that they have made the pack with. And out of that anger, he gets up and storms out and says he's going back to his father's house. When we, start, when we get into chapter, uh, uh, chapter 15, Samson is about to come back to his wife. To see his wife. And chapter 15 verse 1 says, After a while, in the time of the wheat harvest, it happened that Samson visited his wife with a young goat. And he said, Let me go, go into my wife, into her room. But her father would not permit him, uh, permit him to go in. Because when Samson left, his father-in-law took his wife and gave, it, gave her to his best man. I mean, that would make anyone ticked off. But he took his wife and gave it to the best man. And the best man went into her because they thought he wasn't coming back because he was so upset. And so he comes back in chapter 15 and his wife is being given to another man. And he becomes so angry that he says to God, don't blame me when I do whatever, what, what, what I'm about to do. And he's so angry that he goes out and he goes into the forest and he catches 30 foxes. He brings the foxes together, ties their tails together, lights the tails on fire. And releases the tail, uh, releases the tail, releases the foxes into the wheat harvest, into the vineyards, and it burns everything down. The weakness of Samson in chapter 15 is this, his anger. You can't sit back and say, well, pastor, you know, I'm just hot-headed. I get angry. I fly off the, my thing and I can't do anything about it. I was just born that way. No, if you don't deal with your anger over a period of time, it will get you in trouble. How many people that we've known that have reacted out of anger and done something dumb? 
And so as Samson gets angry, he does this. He burns all the fields. He burns all the vineyards. And he goes off into uh, to a cave in, Israel, in Judah. The Philistines come and say, who has done this thing? And they say, it was Samson. They go down to Judah and they approach Judah. And the people of Judah say to them, why are you here? They say, we came down to arrest Samson because of what he did. A thousand men from Judah go to the cave where Samson is, and they say to Samson, these, these people have come against us to destroy us, but we've come to arrest you because what you did was wrong. And, so the, and Samson says to them, are you, you going to really kill me or are you going to arrest me? And they say, no, we're going to arrest you and we're going to hand you over uh, to the Philistines. So they bind Samson's hands together and they bring him down to the Philistines, hand him over, and the Philistines charge on him to destroy him. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord comes over him again. And as the power, and the power of God comes over him, he's able to break those, those uh, ropes. He grabs the jawbone of a donkey and he slays a thousand Philistians that day. You say, I can't understand that even in the midst of his weakness uh, of anger and pride, the Spirit of God was still resting upon him. To execute the judgment of God. And one of the most dangerous places a Christian can be is in a place where you think that God is using you and you never deal with the issues of our lives and we think we're all right. That may last for a little bit, but it will eventually catch up on us. And so by the time we get to the, the, to the end of chapter 15, the last verse of chapter 15 says, uh, and he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. 20 years. Think about that. 20 years, Samson judged Israel. 20 years, God allowed the anointing to be upon him to execute the plan of God. For 20 years, but he did not take care of the areas of his weaknesses. Pride, arrogance. And so by the time we get into chapter 16, which is the last chapter of his story in those four chapters, by the time we get to chapter 16, Samson is, being, is so cocky by that time. He thinks it's all his strength. He, he thinks of it, it's all his ingenuity, it's all his abilities, his, all his giftings, and, and, and look at me, I must be something great. In chapter 16, he goes down to Gath, and he sees a, a, a prostitute, and wants to sleep with the prostitute, so she, he goes into her home. The, the Philistines find out that he's there, and they come and surround the city, uh, because they want to trap him. They say, in the morning, when he comes out, we will jump on him, and we will kill him, now that we got him. In the middle of the night, Samson gets up. The gates are locked. These are huge iron gates. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson here, and he picks up the gates off the hinges, lifts them up, and walks from Hebron, uh, walks from Gaza to Hebron. Some scholars say any, anywhere between 40 and 100 miles. And he takes the gates, and he plops them down on a hill in Hebron. And he's still operating in all the God, he's still operating in all the favors of God, but he doesn't know that slowly but surely he's moving further and further away from God. How does that happen? How does that happen? How does a Christian start off so bright and spunky and on fire and slowly starts to move away from God? Because what ends up happening is this. We become further, we get further and further away from the word of God. 
and we get further and further to our opinions and what everybody else says is right. And so by the time we get to chapter 16 of, and verse 4 of chapter 16, some, some things are about to happen. And I love this verse of chap, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 4 of chapter 16. Because all of a sudden, you start to see how the enemy takes advantage of our weaknesses when we don't deal with them. Let's go to uh, uh, chapter 16 of Judges, verse 4. Afterwards, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Shokov whose name was Delilah. Lift your head up one minute. There are some people that you should not be in love with. Shake your head yes. If you're already married, it doesn't apply to you. But if you're single and thinking about it, there are some relationships you should not be involved in. There are some Delilahs that you shouldn't be hanging around with. And just, th- just in case you think the spirit of Delilah is only a woman, it, there can be men who are Delilahs. But the, the thing I see out of uh, verse 5 of chapter uh, uh, 16 is the same way the Philistines told Delilah how to entrap Samson is the same way our enemy tries to uh, trap us. Notice what it says, notice what the Philistines tell Delilah in, in chapter 5. They know that Samson is in love with Delilah, and this is what they say to, to the, the Philistines, say verse 5. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him. Entice him. And find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 uh, pieces of silver. Did you catch those three things that the Philistines told Delilah to do? The first thing he, the, 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 the Philistines told Delilah to do was this, entice him. The area of your weakness is going to be your biggest area of enticement. And that's why as every Christian, every Christian needs to know their weakness. And we'll come to that in a minute. Because every Christian has a weakness. Shake your head yes. The Christian that walks around saying, well, pastor, I just don't know my, my weakness. You're a fool. You're a fool. You're going you're to get slammed. Because ignorance won't help you. So the first thing the Philistines say to, 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 to Delilah, entice him. Entice him. The enemy comes to entice you in your area of weakness. He comes to entice you, to lure you. He makes you look like, it makes you feel that it's all right. It's normal. Everybody else is doing it. It doesn't matter what this, it doesn't matter about that. And he makes you look like if you don't have it, you will die. An enticement. And then he tells Delilah, find out where his strength lies. Our enemy is smart. Our enemy knows that you and I as Christians, our strength lies in the word of God and in the power of the anointing of the spirit of God. And so when the enemy attacks us, he comes to do those two things. He comes to cut off our strength. So you get tired. You don't want want to come to Bible study. So you get tired. You don't want to come to church. You get tired. You don't want to go to small groups. You get tired. You don't want to go to a fellowship. You get tired because he knows. He makes you weary and tired so that the very thing that will give you the strength to live victoriously, he cuts it off. Do you understand me? He cuts it off. And so he enticed, he told Delilah, entice him, 
Find out where his strength lies and find out by what, by what means we may overpower him. Your enemy comes to kill. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy your Christian walk. And so Samson, walking in all his pride and everything, doesn't see what's happening to him. And it's happening. Notice, it, notice what it said. He judged Israel for 20 years. It doesn't happen overnight. It's just little bit by little bit, like little bit, like little bit over years. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Just two questions. Two questions. Do I know my weakness? And when I found out my weakness, what am I doing about it? It's not good enough just to recognize it. You have to have a plan of how you're going to go about finding victory in that weakness. And so Samson, Samson and, 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 and the funny thing about it is this. If you don't deal with your weakness, your enemy will come back and he will pound you in that area of weakness over and 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 over until he wears us down. And then we give in. Look what happened to, look, look what happened to uh, Samson. We're, um, Actually, before we get there, look what happened to, well, well let me tell you. Samson, Delilah comes to Samson and says, uh, uh, show me your weakness, uh, show me your strength. Where does your strength come from? And Samson fooling around and, and, and messing around with her and thinking that he was high and mighty. He had nothing to fear. No one could take his strength from him. He's all great and mighty. He starts to play around with Delilah. And say, if you buy my hands, uh, you, you, it will take away all my strength. So Delilah binds his hands while he's sleeping and then yells at, her, uh, at Samson, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And, and Samson wakes up and the anointing of God comes upon him. He breaks the rope and he says, where are they? And he does that for three times. Lesson in that is this, don't mess around with Delilah. <laughs> Do you understand? Don't try to get cute. If you have a lust problem, run. If you have an anger issue, deal with it. If you have insecurities, deal with it. Don't play around with Delilah thinking that you're strong enough. He does that three times. And then Delilah says something that puts him on the spot. That makes him make a decision. Look what he says in verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 15. Listen to what Delilah says to him. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? Delilah knew that Samson was playing around because his heart really didn't love her. In this walk as a Christian, we, you and I have to make up our mind. Are, are we so in love with Jesus that we will be obedient to his word? Or we are, gonna, are we going to allow the Delilahs of our lives to entice us? To walk away from God. And so, what, and so when she says that, puts him right on the spot and melts him. So that Samson finally comes up and says, okay, I will tell you my secret. I will tell you my secret. And so she, gets the, she takes Samson and puts his head on her lap and she kind of lulls him to sleep. Uh, that's a whole sermon by itself. Because some of us in here, we, we, we are like that. The enemy is lulling us to sleep. And while she's rocking him on her lap, this is, what, this is what happens in verse 16. Chapter 16, verse 16. And it came to pass when she, when, when she pestered him daily. Pestered him. What's another word for pester? Nag. 
over and over and over and nagging 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 and nagging. And notice what it says. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. This woman nagged him until he wanted to put a gun to his head. But that's the kind of pressure the enemy will put on you. That's the kind of pressure when you're in a, when you're in a tough situation, you lost your job. You can't find the resources and the enemy comes and says, look, I will give you the resources, but you have to do this. That's the pressure. And while he's laying there in verse 17, and, and look what it says in verse 17, that he told her all her heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head for I have been a Nazarite to, G, uh, to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and like any other man. Listen to me, Christian. God does not expect you to be like everybody else. He expects you and I to be extraordinary men and women of God that put their faith in the Word of God, who don't care of the, about the opinions of this world as long as we know God is pleased. So Samson, fooling around there, tells her this thing, and he lo- she lulls him to sleep, gets a knife, and cuts his hair off. Not Samson didn't know there were Philistines in the next room waiting. So Delilah cuts his hair off, and then Delilah gets up and says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And one of the saddest verses in this whole story is in verse 20. It makes me shudder every time I read it. But look what happened in verse 20. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out, I will go out, I will go out. Lift your head on a minute. All of a sudden, over 20 years, he has forgotten who gave him the strength. And he says, I will go out. Over 20 years. Notice what it says there. I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Here it is. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Pastor, is it possible for me to come to church year after year after year after year after year and not develop my character? Is it possible that my sensing of the Spirit of God in my life can leave me? Yes. Whole churches have done this. Whole churches are having church and the Spirit of God is nowhere to be found. But they think they're doing the right thing. It's possible to come to church on a Sunday morning at 12.30 and do the same thing that you do, sit in the same seat, listen to the same sermons, and nothing moves you anymore. Because when God has told you to deal with those areas in your life, you have refused, you have closed your ears, and the Spirit of God has stopped speaking to you. And so Samson, he doesn't realize, he gets up and says, I can do it again. But the moment he gets up, he realizes his strength is gone. The Philistines come in, and the first thing the Philistines do is pluck out his eyes. They pluck out his eyes. They bind him with ropes. And for the next couple of months, oh yes, he is a slave. They ridicule him. They break him. They demoralize him. 
everything that the enemy would want to do to us if he ever caught us on the other side again. But as I said from the very beginning, if the, if the weakness in chapter 16 is, is lust, the miracle power in chapter 16 is this, that our God is the God of another chance. Did you hear that? Our God is, listen to me carefully, it doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter how much you may have done in your life. It doesn't matter how much you may be messed up and everything else about your life. You need to understand that no matter how far you go, if you get up and turn around and come back to God, He will forgive you. He will restore you. He will set you on the path of eternity. Do you understand me? And so the miracle power in chapter 16 is that our God was willing to give Samson another chance. And you see that chance happening. Look at verse 22. Look at, that. Look at verse 22. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Through all that time that Samson was being humiliated, his hair was starting to grow again. His hair was starting to grow again. Until one day, he, he's in the, he, they're making a mockery of him in their temple. And Samson says to the, to the guy that used to guide him around, he told the young kid, take me to the two pillars that hold up this temple. And the boy takes him over to the, te- over to the pillars. And listen what Samson says. Look at verse 28. Then Samson called to the Lord. Lift your head one minute. Listen to me carefully. No matter whatever happens in your Christian life, every time you miss it, come back to God. Every time you sin, come back to God. Every time you blow it, come back to God. Every time, you see, the enemy doesn't want you to come back because he knows the kind of God we serve. He knows if we come back, God will forgive you. And he doesn't want God to forgive you. Do you understand me? So I don't care what happens in your life. Every time you miss it, come back to God and say, God, forgive me. I blew it. I was a knockerhead. I shouldn't have done that. I sinned. But would you forgive me? Look what Samson does. Verse 28. And Samson called to the Lord saying, Oh Lord, remember me. I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. And the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon Samson as he, as he put his shoulders to those pillows. And as he pushed the pillars in, the thing came down. And that day, 3,000 Philistines were killed. And Samson. So what's the lesson we learn from, the, from this story? What's the lesson? As the worship team make their way back up again, what, what, what is the lessons that we can learn and take home and, and be encouraged this morning or this afternoon? Lesson number one. This is an important one. Lesson number one. Great strength in one area of your life does not make up for great weaknesses in other areas of your life. What does that mean? Just because you are strong in one area of your life doesn't mean that strength will overcome the weaknesses in your life. 
Just because you're strong on one area of your life doesn't mean you don't have to deal with the weaknesses and the sins that are in your life. So even though you may be strong in one area, it doesn't override the weaknesses. And if you don't deal with your weaknesses over a period of time, those weaknesses will snuff out whatever greatness God wants to do in your life. Lesson number two. God's presence does not overwhelm a person's will. If you don't want to change, God can't make you change. If you don't want to change and, and, and deal with those weaknesses in our lives, He will make you change. He will point it out to you. He will encourage you. He may even show you the way out of it. But if you and I don't make up our minds to, to find that deliverance, His Spirit won't force you. Lesson number three. God can use a person of faith in spite of his or her mistakes. I mean, that, that, that got me shouting. No matter what your mistakes are, and if you're willing to pay attention and deal with them, God can still use you. And it brings me to point number four, which is the final point and the final lesson of this class. Uh, of this class and this is this. It is never too late to start again. You hear, you hear all the time, Christians are not perfect people. We're forgiven people. We don't get up every morning and say, how can I sin today? No, we get up every morning and say, God, how can I praise your name today? But when we do sin, we have a God that we can go back to and say, God, I missed it. I sinned. I'm not proud of what I've done. And would you forgive me? And the Bible says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If there's anything we get, we get out of the life of Samson is this. God is a God of another chance. And so the question I ask this morning as we get into this time, as we get into a time of altar call right now is this. Uh, uh, do you know your weakness? Do you know your weakness? And if you know your weakness, do you know what to do about it? You say, well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I, I know I have plenty of weakness, uh, weak, uh, weaknesses and everything, but I don't even know God yet. And you may say, well, I, I just, I can, can anyone introduce me to, to, the, to the God of the Bible? We got some older workers here, and they're going to come right over here and stand here. And, and, and you may say, well, my first step is not even thinking about my weaknesses. My step is that I need to give my life to Jesus Christ so he, that he is Lord and Savior of my life. And you may say, I have never done that before. So this morning, when, we, when everyone stands up and we ask everyone to come forward, your, your situation is that you need to make a beeline right over to this area here. And these older workers that are coming out in a minute, they will be standing right over here. Right over here. And they will show you how to, 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 to introduce Jesus Christ in your life. And they will show you what to do to start your new life. But majority of you may be Christians. You may be Christians and you may be saying, Pastor, I know my weakness. Or Pastor, I don't know my weakness. But I'm willing to find it out. And then I'm willing to do what the Spirit of God tells me to do. By His Word. Now this is what I'll say to you. If you have no intention of being obedient to the Spirit of the Lord when He tells you to do something, then don't come up. So there are some people that say, Pastor... 
God, I, I can't seem to hear God anymore. I, I, every time I open the word, it doesn't mean anything. It's just dry. And sometimes I tell them, what was the last thing that God told you to do? Well, pastor, he told me, until you do what he last told you to do, nothing will be life for you. You're not playing with a man, you're talking to God. That's why the heavens are closed. And so this morning as we get to our feet, I, 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 I'm going to have you stand in a minute. And, and, and my prayer over you will be, Lord, show us our weakness. Now, I already know mine. You say, Pastor, you have weakness? Yeah. I got two legs just like you do. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to come before God and say, and, we, and, then we're, and we're going to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you this morning. And then he's going to tell you what to do with it. Why don't you stand to your feet? So two things. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's your opportunity again. Another chance. You make your way down with everybody else and just join these guys over here and they will lead you in the sinner's prayer. They'll lead you down the road to, to redemption and you'll, find, you'll get on your journey. But the vast majority of you, I want you all to come down and I want you to start from somewhere around here and fill up this area standing up. This is what we're going to do. You're going to stand in the presence of God and Pastor Josh is going to worship over you. And then we're going to stop and I'm going to, we allow the Spirit of God to speak to you so you can hear him. You hear, look at me, you hear him here. And then he will tell you how to, re, to take care of those weaknesses. And then we'll come back, we'll pray over you and dismiss you and then you can go home. As simple as that. So, if you need to give your life to the Lord, come on down. The rest of us, let's come on down and let's line up here. And let's get into the presence of God. And just stand, don't kneel, just stand. Just stand, come closer so people can get behind you. Yes, come on down. And as, as I said before, if, if you won't be obedient to the Spirit of God, you don't have to come. But if you made up your mind that you are going to be obedient to God and you want to see things change in your life, you want God to use you and to continue to use you in your life, then come on down. Because every one of us have to stand before God like this. It makes us no different. I said, why don't you close your eyes and listen as Pastor Josh worships over you. And let's worship together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who 